What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. What does that mean to you if you're a first-time listener? Well, buckle up. We have lots of great guests that come on the show talking about anything from product ideation to sor- sourcing and logistics, which we're going to be uh, caveat talking about today, uh, marketing, advertising, global expansion, whatever that might be. If it applies to your e-commerce or Amazon business, this is the podcast for you. With that being said, every episode and now even 215 episodes in is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is a cross-border payment solution helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Would that be sending money to your suppliers, your sourcing agents, your logistics uh, helpers, your VAs, whomever might be in a different different currency, Ping Pong is going to help you save more time, money, and effort. When it comes to receiving funds or sending funds internationally, let us take some of that lift off of your shoulder and come put that money back to your bottom line so you can grow with different kinds of uh, marketplaces or you can put more money into uh, your solutions or your product, whatever that might be to help your business move efficiently forward. Just go ahead and sign up for free at usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to catch all of our past episodes, but also to sign up for free today. No cost to you to sign up. Check it out. It's free. Poke around a little bit, ask questions. Just make sure Crossover Commerce, you mentioned Crossover Commerce sent to you. That being said, as you know, in any sort of industry, we're talking about what does 2022 look like? We're still in the beginning part of the year where a lot of people are still planning, prepping, trying to get the year under some sort of plan, whether that be growing internationally, whether that be growing in a different product, whatever that looks like. All of that kind of comes under one umbrella and it starts from the beginning where you get your products. If you're an Amazon seller or if you're a service provider or even, or excuse me, or if, even if you're just selling D to C that all starts with a product that you might be selling in one capacity or another. How do you get that product from point A to point B to point C? And that is the solution that you have to solve for, whether it be relying on service providers, have your own solution or software in-house, or even just relying on partnerships. There's all sorts of different headaches that people have encountered over the past year and a half or so, maybe even two plus years. It's a solution. It's a it's a problem that a lot of people have, but there is so many great companies that are helping people relieve those headaches, if you will. Call it, call it the aspirin of the logistics or solution uh, sourcing world. That being said, uh, I wanted to bring over friend and uh, uh, just overall great person and great company, if you will, Pearl Ausch of First Choice Shipping. She's going to be talking about her expertise and helping that that solution, kind of that problem-solving nature. That's why we call today Solving for Logistics Headaches in 2022. So without further ado, Pearl Ausch of First Choice Shipping, welcome to Crossover Commerce. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, you you're so busy. Um, this, this is, <laughs> gosh, guys, if you're listening to this or watching this right now, don't talk to Pearl and Q4 because that's kind of a busy time. Here right so let's. Uh, it's let's, been crazy. We, it's we, been let's talk crazy. Let's talk in 2022, and I 
that was yeah. November, October, maybe. And you're like, we can't talk right now, Ryan. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a while. So, no, you got a lot going on. There's uh, there's so much going on uh, company-wise, but you guys just came off a, I'm assuming, pretty stellar and busy, crazy Q4. Um, yes. But if people aren't familiar with you, which they should be, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and how we got to where we are today. Sure, sure. Um, so basically, first choice shipping, uh, I guess we'll start from the very beginning, right? I love right. telling my story because I want to be able to inspire other people, even even my staff that are listening, okay? <laughs> so I, I started out here as a customer service rep, literally entry-level position, loved it. I actually really, really loved it, um, talking to the people. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing like it. Um, started out doing that slowly transitioned into the sales and marketing director role. And very shortly after that, ended up becoming promoted to chief operating officer. And this, this was just like, after I had, I had one baby, my, my son then that I, you know, started as the customer service position. And I never thought that I would want to do anything more than that. Honestly, like you were telling me about your wife earlier that she wants to be at home with the kids. I, I could so relate to that, but this, this company was, was something that was like this little baby that started blossoming where, you know, Amazon heard about our services and they got excited and they wanted to know about what we do. And then things just blew up from there. So I think naturally it just, it just happened naturally. I'm not going to say it was a lot of hard work, but it was just a natural progression. So so what do we do, right? So basically, we're an all-in solution for sellers, Amazon sellers or e-commerce sellers that are looking to expand their businesses out of the U.S. And they want to get into marketplaces such as like Amazon UK, Europe, Canada, um, Singapore, UAE, etc. Anywhere that Amazon has the capabilities of offering their FBA option, we can help you get your product from the U.S. into those locations primarily with small parcel services. That's our specialty, really being able to scale you really, really quickly. And we are Amazon's number one provider for that, where they do recommend us very strongly because they know once we take over, you're actually going to actually get expanded into that market. It's going to happen. So yeah, that that's the nutshell. But yeah, everything in between, what I said, the all-in solution, it means the all-in solution. So whatever needs to happen, we make it happen. That's amazing. Well, I, I just like the story. So what did you do before First Choice? You said you were customer service rep. Was there any sort of e-commerce experience or or uh, shipping or logistics kind of background before then? Or it was just kind of a, hey, I'm going to learn the business and uh, we're going to do everything in our power to to grow through this. So I, I did have a side hustle, right? I, uh, I basically, me and my husband created this brand. I shout out to Ephraim. Ephraim. Uh, also in the industry, he does logistics, warehousing, a little bit different than what we do. Um, so basically what we had was our own private label. It wasn't even like that term private label in those days, but we decided we, we want to do gift baskets. And we came up with this brand. It was called Benevolo Gift Baskets. And we created for Christmas and for Valentine's, Thanksgiving, our own little thing. Um, and we did really well. We, like, we, we, we did seven figures, but the problem was that it was very seasonal and we had this crazy overhead throughout the year. And that time there wasn't like this availability of like, 
you know, you could just outsource things. Everything was just, you had to figure it out yourself. So it wasn't like this warehouse facility that we could have just shipped the chocolates and the nuts candy to, and they would just package it, let's say once or four times a year, which, you know, we did well then. We had to then, because of that reason, we had to get our own warehouse. We had to get our own employees and we couldn't just have seasonal employees. We had to keep them on a payroll. And at one point it was like, we just had to sell the brand. We, we just weren't covering. So that's where, you know, the e-commerce experience came from and understanding the challenges that people have. And we also expanded to the UK because we saw the opportunity then and, and we did well. But again, you know, now the resources that sellers have is so unbelievable. And I, and I know people yeah. selling like nut platters now and are killing it, <laughs> killing it. I know one that just nut got platter it. industry is crushing it. Right yes. Now. Yes, especially, you know, during the holidays and stuff. Right. So that that's that's the background, you know, where where the e-commerce, I guess. That's uh, super cool. Yeah, but but I was working at a car dealer as well. That was that was You're my truly other... hustling. You're yeah. truly hustling people. <laughs> I was selling cars, Ryan. I was selling cars. Oh my gosh. Favorite car yes. that you sold, real quick. Um, well, in those days, it was like a Lexus GX 460. I loved it. I, I would still love to drive it. You know, the SUV is perfect for mm -hmm. the family and it has like that trunk that comes down instead of up. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very, very accessible. Um, yeah. And then the Lincoln MDX, I liked very much. Man, you like tanks. Not the Lincoln MDX, the M the Lincoln MKX, I like. Right. You like You're big right. cars. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. It, it, you feel safer on the road. So that's why, that's why I figure a lot of people who uh, I think it's really funny, not that uh, this is a bad thing. A lot of people like bigger cars because they like to feel safer, even though yes. it takes up half more than half the road. But <laughs> hey, it is what it is. So exactly. no, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah. In, in terms of selling. Yeah, I uh, like you. I, I was working. I don't know if I told you this. I actually started selling in the home gift garden decor area. So it was like garden gnomes, garden flags, um, nice. really uh, 10,000 SKUs in the in the arena where there's a lot of different decorative items. It wasn't truly just functionality. It was just decorations, but seasonality really big for us too. So anytime a holiday would come up or any sort of like Valentine's or Christmas or things like that, that's when our products were selling uh, quite quickly. So I, wow. I sympathize with the seasonality of it all. It's, it's an up and down roller coaster, but you just kind of have to figure it out and plan. And I can imagine, especially perishable items like you were talking about, that's an easy thing to to figure out. Yeah. Um, uh, in that regard, so obviously transitioning into that, that is that where you really pull a lot of your expertise from? Of hey, when I sold X Y Z, this is really where I did well, and we we kind of got your foot into door in the door in that regards to yes. kind of work with clients in that regard. Absolutely. So so we we struggle through everything that people are struggling with today, like. You know, PPC was a huge deal for us, having the proper listings, the images. I remember, you know, Amazon changed it that you could only have a white background. And, it, you know, obviously having gifts and just on a white background for us was like, how do you make this thing pop? Like you want to have all the holiday stuff in the back and, you know, the snow and the tree and, you know, and we couldn't do that. Um, so it, it was it was like all these things people are struggling with. That, but I'm amazed to see how things have transitioned. You know, people say Amazon is so much harder today, which I totally agree because the rules keep changing. Literally, while we're speaking, they're probably changing. But the help that's out there, right? Listening to like a podcast like yourself and having all these experts get on 
is something that, you know, people could really gain from. But just like a, an example, I remember like when we were selling the gift baskets in the UK, um, something that I could like learn from and teach to other people. And I like to bring up this example because it's, it's powerful and it's so, it's so trivial. We were selling the gift baskets in the UK and they weren't moving and we didn't understand why on until someone is like, could you check to see actually what the word basket is in the UK? I know it's an English market, but you do want to make sure you're actually speaking to the audience with the right messaging. And after speaking to an expert, they're like, by the way, baskets are hampers in the UK. And that slight fix in our in our description was all we needed. And that's why I'm so I'm so pro telling people, you know, use somebody like YLT translations. Work, don't work with Google Translate. And don't even work with like when Amazon says, oh, we'll just translate it for you. Don't do that. Like get a professional because that that mistake costed us so much because like what you said, these things were perishable, right? So all these nuts and chocolates, the time they arrived to people, we were getting complaints like there are some other things in the packages that we're not very excited with, right? I don't want to even mention what that was, but obviously that was a huge issue for us. So, you know, in the end, it just, it didn't work out and pan out. Um, and, and it's okay. You know, we're, we're, we're okay saying it, it, it didn't work. It failed. And we, we learned from our mistakes and guess what? We're in a position right now where we're helping people based on the mistakes that we made and we're able to educate further and build new businesses based on that. Is, is that something, um, and really quickly to go into that example, is that something that Google, uh, that Amazon did not uh, see as relevant or is it that the customer that didn't see relevant, the basket versus hamper? Um, no oh, the customer, the customer okay. didn't see it as relevant. And I'm assuming Amazon too, because, mm. you know, they're, they're going to recognize whatever the people search by and the search gift baskets is not something people usually search because they, they, they call it hampers there. Mm. So in, in both ways, it just, it wasn't working to our advantage. Interesting. So yeah, it probably yeah. got to suppressed. You weren't seeing a lot of traffic and right. people did, it was not good at, because it was sitting there for so long, probably. So exactly. interesting. Well, well, I think that's, that's a, a notion we've had Yana on, uh, so many times on this, sh uh, the show too. And I know she's, uh, living, she's on the seller cruise, I think right now, um, living <sighs> it up, but, uh, some there, somewhere there in the, and somewhere warm, I'm going to say, I don't know exactly where they're at right now, but it, nice. she brings up so many fascinating points of localization. There's opportunity for growth but you have to really connect with the seller in that regards, like both on language perspective, but on an imagery perspective to what is the expectation. And we've talked with a couple of sourcing logistics people on this, on this platform, on these, on this podcast, that the expectation of when products are to be delivered to your doorstep, like in the United States, it could be a couple hours, it could be same day, it could be an hour, depending on where you're located or two days. Um, there's a lot of expectations in what is presented to the customer potentially. And if it doesn't meet those, then all of a sudden by default, you become not a, uh, a relevant topic or a relevant buyer seller in that regards. So what are the most like intriguing changes now that you've been with first choice for so long and you're starting to ramp up and you're seeing all these different nuances I call last year death by a thousand paper cuts. Like there's all these little tiny changes, right? They like, they yeah. stung and they, they're right between your fingers. You're like, that's annoying. Can work and move on with it, but it's still annoying. What are the ones that really stand out to you and the team there? So for us, we're, we're really lucky because our services are primarily around ear shipping. So we do small parcel delivery and, and the whole point is quick turnaround. But even, even with that, right, Amazon was extremely backed up, especially in Canada. 
So we've seen, you know, from May till September even, a tremendous backup. Like people weren't able to ship in. Firstly, this, you know, the restock limits, of course, right? That that was a huge, a huge deal for a lot of sellers. Like I've had I've had customers calling me up and they're like, I I don't know what to do. Do I have to like let go of my people? Like, do you know more information? Could you answer me? Like the desperation was like on another level, but we were lucky enough to be able to, once they got their, you know, increases available, we were lucky enough to be able to offer those services that have a quick turnaround. So for example, our U S to Canada service is two days, um, you know, to most locations, except if it's going up to Delta with, which is more North of Canada. But in those cases, people were able to turn around their goods really, really fast. But yes, there were those sellers that weren't first, you know, a long period of time able to bring in from overseas. Like a lot of people are bringing in their product from, let's say, China. And it was sitting on the water for, I'm not even going to say weeks, months. You know, it's it's been months. And their inventory was tied up and they were like, so Pearl, I have to make a decision. Yeah, which marketplace do I actually fill up first? And they're like, I don't have inventory to be able to say, okay, we're just going to distribute it to all these marketplaces because we have, you know, clients that are selling in the US, of course, is the biggest market. And then there's, they have to decide between the UK, Canada, Singapore, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's been a big, a big deal. And honestly, like we don't see it really, we don't really see it changing very, very soon. But I think what's happening is people are just planning their inventory way more in advance now than they're accustomed to and and things will settle down. And I will say that, you know, you mentioned Q4 being crazy. We've seen January and February, especially now, has literally continued with the momentum. It's been unbelievable. Like it's shocking to see the amount of shipments that are going to these markets. And to me, that's, you know, a telling sign that hopefully people figured out, you know, it is taking long to get their product, let's say, from overseas, but I think people just figured it out and they figured out, let's do this more in advance, even though it's taking longer and getting and getting their product in. So from our end, definitely data is telling us that people are able to fill up. And I know Amazon also just tripled a lot of people's inventory levels, which is also a factor and why people are able to ship more. But we're definitely seeing record numbers for January and February into these global markets, which obviously we're really excited about. Yeah, traditionally it's a slowdown time for a lot of sellers just because of post Q4 slowdown and whether it be uh, you know, lack of selling or lack of buying from a consumer perspective. But I think it's interesting. I earmark a lot of, um, now that Amazon allows you to notify you when there's a stock back in for a certain product, obviously you can earmark it or get notifications for that. I've now, for stuff that ran out in inventory in November, uh, I'm all of a sudden now getting a massive upload of, Hey, this is back in stock. This is back in stock. And that, wow. that three month period of now it's finally here. I think it's just, it's certainly catching up, but you bring an interesting point, which I think a lot of people are, they're, they're kind of like putting a cold blanket on themselves. They're like, Oh yeah, the inventory will catch back up after Q4. I think it's certainly what I'm hearing at least is, this is going to last through probably again majority of this year, if not all the way into twenty twenty three. Is that your expectation? Yeah, a hundred percent. Again, uh, you know, I'm I'm associated with a lot of people in the logistics, you know, industry, and I and I hear it plenty. So I could I could say that there's there is tremendous backlogs, and and I I don't see it changing till till twenty twenty three. I I hope I'm wrong, 
but there's there's been too much of a backlog to say that this is just going to transition quick enough because we don't see a difference yet. The only difference we're seeing is that people are being more advanced, but the slowdown and delays are just all the same. Um, my brother, he just launched a brand new uh, business. He's doing, you know, like these scent machines where like these diffusers plug into the wall. Yeah. And you could choose different scents. So he he brought in something from overseas, from China. It took him half a year and his product just came in now on Monday. So wow. we're still seeing all these delays. Nothing changed. And the only, like, again, the only thing that changed is people are being more, you know, smarter. And maybe that will help with the supply chain, but for people to have expectations that like, I'm going to order something and my product will be here. Traditionally, it took eight weeks less. Um, it's not going to happen. So I, it's you, not going to happen. I was going to say, when you talk smarter, I, I just kind of want to break down a little bit more. Obviously, a lot of people think they have it figured out or cyclical. There, there, there's a scheduling nature, right? Of it used to be, it used to be on, on. Uh, I'm the phrasing I'm, I'm going to butcher, but I think it's uh, just in time shipping of if I'm about ready to get inventory, it's going to be here in less than a month. And I can plan for that kind of forecast it out with math and my velocity and everything. Right. Like that. When you say smarter, I just want to break that down a little bit more. Is that more investment into larger quantities or yes. what, what is it? What does it look like to be smart? Yes. In this larger, larger quantities and months in advance. Okay. Not so, like by order. Right. I run out of stock place order. It's going to be here in four to six weeks, depending which port you're shipping it to. People are ordering like literally a half a year in advance now. That sounds like almost a disadvantage to new sellers because you honestly yes. don't know how much you're going to need to forecast for. Maybe more for a seasoned veterans or somebody who has more equity or can have more capital to invest in a larger um, order. That that sounds like a disadvantage for new and beginning sellers is that 100% agree 100% agree and and you know when there are these trends right trends run out really really quickly like there's this tiktok that comes out goes viral right and everybody's like okay like silly example the fidget spinners right, right. so many people when they got in and then there wasn't even a supply chain issue but when they got the fidget spinners in it was like oh it's out already like nobody's buying that anymore you're too mm -hmm. late so these type of things it's like almost impossible to keep up with a hype Remember when, um, what's that show? The Squid Game came out, right? right? Everybody's like, I can't buy any Squid Game costumes online. How yeah. is that even possible? I see people turned it on and they, they, yeah, really like, that's, now. that's your example of like, literally like there's a fan right now. It's going to be out in no time. And nobody was able to like, figure it out. Couldn't so, happen. I was gonna say who the, I assume the winners are in that, the customized approach of print on demand, uh, more of the, uh, more of those customization shops that you can have inventory on hand, but then either screen print or t-shirts or anything like yeah. that. Have you guys seen an uptick in those kind of industries in that, because of that? I've seen just an uptick in general where people are like, we need a source here in the U S okay. So and you're talking about just entirely different, entirely different things. mindset, right? It's and, and for, for, for a lot, it's impossible because of cost. Sure. And also, you know, a lot of the machinery that is available overseas is not available here just because manufacturing, I don't remember the year, but it completely moved overseas. It wasn't even like an interest here. And now there's sort of like this like idea of let's figure it out over here, but they can't figure it out because they don't have the right people. 
the right engineers or the right machinery for it. Like I just heard that Mercedes put their wagons or G wagons on hold for like three years now. Wow. You cannot even like pre-order it hmm. because it's been, it's been so, so backlogged. And, and just to, just to give you an understanding of what's backlogged is literally the chip, the computer, right. chip. The computer chip or the it's yeah, processor. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but that's what's happening. So yeah, I, I agree with you that it's a disadvantage, but yeah, that's, what's going to happen. Like a lot of these, you know, aggregators or the ones that are, you know, owning quite a few brands and have the cash flow to be able to order in advance and also to be able to predict what's going to be, because it's, it is very difficult to predict what are people going to be interested in and let's say toys for next year. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's what people have to do now in order for, for them to be ready. So what, what does that look like? Like where are customers starting to turn towards like you you mentioned everyone can't go into the united states or they can't go to mexico or canada or any, if you're located here in this marketplace is there industries that that certainly can happen or what what are the ones that are most prominent that are almost completely abandoning overseas shipping and can be from anywhere and they're really primed to kind of take on closer shipping even though it might be a little bit more expensive but the cost to sit on water um, the cost of shipping containers are probably, you know, 10 times, 14 times what they were two years ago. What are yeah. those ones that are primed to really bring over their more North American centralized, uh, right. you know, uh, warehouses and production? Who are those industries that you think? So, so the only, the only company that comes to mind, I'm sure there's many more. I know of a very large furniture manufacturer that moved completely their operations from China to here. To the states and they it was it was between closing shop and moving their operation we're talking about a very large manufacturer one of the biggest biggest in the in the states wow so but they moved completely they bought a brand new facility obviously tremendous facility and and they had to hire a lot of people and but that's great that's great for the economy and they made it work now what i did see a shift in is a lot of people shipping by ear depending obviously on the product right so Right before the season, the you know the winter fall season. Now we had a lot of people shipping by air from China their clothing. These brands that were typically bringing in by by sea were like, there is no way I'm going to make my season if I don't actually bring this in by air. And obviously with clothing, it's it's a lot more com compact and there there is very nice margins when it mm -hmm. comes to when it comes to clothing. So they were able to do it. Now for others to be able to say they could do the same it's pretty difficult for them to be able to do the same. But that's the shift that what we've seen with a lot of people where they were like, we don't have a choice. There might be just some product that will have at a lower margin, ship it in by air. So we have it in stock. We don't lose our BSR, right? And all that stuff. So people are doing that. That's the shift we've seen. To say confidently that you could start manufacturing in the US, I won't be the one that could say that. Just depends, right? Yeah. It really it depends. Really depends on the industry, the product, whatever that looks like. Exactly. Or even getting your products and having them assembled here, something along those lines where um, it's going to depend on product to product, I'm assuming. Uh, I've always thought air shipping, I've, it, is that something that the logistics of it, how much different is that from uh, freight uh, by water? Like uh, walk me through because I haven't right. made a purchase order yet from, from China. Me personally, when I'm looking at cost comparisons and I'm looking at one versus the other, is there... What are the drastic differences in terms of either price or timeline or just 
the multiple steps you might have to add on additional from freight to uh, or water by or by air. Right. So so great question. So it's it's typically like 40 percent more. But it really depends, really depends on the dimensions, right? If somebody's shipping like a pillow or a mattress, that, that would be totally insane to ship it by air, unless you're like this millionaire that needs the mattress tomorrow. But no, it's 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 something that you would it would have to make sense. But like you mentioned, let's say something like cards, right? Stationary, things like that. That would make total sense to ship by air. You're obviously gonna be able to ship a few hundred in a box. So something like that would be really cheap. And and the process is so much easier than shipping by sea, way, way easier. So, you know, you have the same person with our service. We have the same person picking it up, same person delivering it. And, um, you know, all it is a simple labels and the commercial invoice, which is like the customs document attached to the boxes. And of course, obviously time, tra- time transit is super fast. So it's two to four days from China. Right now, most carriers even lifted their limit that they had. A lot of them had like a capacity limit where they said you could only have a certain amount of packages picked up a day from China because they couldn't keep up because air became, unfortunately, the biggest, you know, in-demand service because mm-hmm. people were very, very desperate. Um, so just to give you an understanding who I'm talking about for carriers, I mean, DHL, UPS, and FedEx. Mm-hmm. So we work with these carriers and the reason why they're okay with that because they don't like the term resellers. And, you know, some people might think we are resellers, but it's, but it's not the case. The, the point of why we're able to be a partner of theirs is because we're able to help you with every single detail in order to make the shipment successful. So let's say making sure with the compliance, you're able to ship the product. It's not hazmat. Um, if it does need special labeling to guide you on that, and the carriers don't want to get involved with that. That's yeah. you know they're 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 too busy for that. You know, so our our solution is really just to make sure that from beginning to end, until you're actually shipping, you're doing it the right way. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense too. Because I mean, same way in the payment processing world, something that Amazon does on a day to day basis, they they can't make that process and that conversion. But when it comes to prices and anything like that, they don't want to have to deal with it consistently, which is why they charge more and. It's just an easy notion to kind of one-to-one doesn't always equal uh, two uh, if you're adding them together. So that, that their business is uh, logistics and, and getting from point A to point B, yours is too, to make sure all the check or the boxes are checked. So it's just helping them become more efficient and they reward that through, I'm assuming, rates and things like that. Um, it's also fascinating to think that like, like um, water and freight, you can only send it to so many different ports, right? Because of either size of container right. or anything like that. Air freight has to be almost like this wide open field of doesn't matter. Am I wrong in that? Or is no, you're hundred percent you right. You have to have destinations. hundred percent right. So, and, and that's the exact reason why it's so much simpler to ship by air, right? So by, by, by sea, basically it get it gets to the port. Firstly, you have to get a truck yeah. to get it to the port. Right. And then once it arrives, to the port where your your destination is at, you have to have another trucker pick it up and figure out how to get it to where you want to get it to. Versus, let's say DHL, FedEx, UPS, it's the same person picking it up, um, the same carrier picking it up, same person. Imagine it was the same person, um, but picking it up and and the final delivery, which makes it obviously um, simpler and easier. But for for the seller, there's there's way less steps involved. Also using, you know, when you're using a forwarder, you want to make sure you're using someone that's, you know, giving you the all-in solution for the C freight. 
Um, again, we don't do C freight, um, but that's the reason why it's so important for someone to have a good forwarder because of all those steps involved. It's very, very complicated. Um, I do want to mention one more thing that with, with using our services, people will get between 60 to 80% off the retail rates from the carriers versus going directly to them. So wow. because of the volume, right? Right. The volume, we do the same ideas like what Amazon offers, really cheap rates with the carriers when you're buying through Seller Central. And then for international selling, we would, you know, be the same, the same concept. Right. You guys are more obviously in that trucking and that, that kind of uh, courier, the ecosystem too. So right. with that in regard, I mean, is that, so with, with that, what are those markets that, that people are kind of missing in that capacity, whether it be, is it something that's all inclusive? That's point A to point Z, if you will, of the end consumer or to the FBA warehouse or or w w what are those missing components that you guys are trying to to fit into innovate and to kind of help people move along um, in a more innovative way in a more cost effective way? Yeah. So so basically, when it comes to global selling, international selling, right, the whole idea of it is sort of like scary to people. You know, like I, I just traveled to Cancun several weeks ago vacation totally forgot about it just by the way you know you come back from vacation you need another vacation exactly. so but but getting there you're waiting online you got to fill out the paperwork it's it's scary you know there's the dogs around smelling if everything you have is kosher and and you're you're a good person right and and that's sort of like the idea people have when it comes to global selling they're like i want to sell in the uk or i want to sell in canada and these markets are huge right we have sellers that are doing right now in Canada, just to give you an example, before COVID, people were doing 10% of sales of what they were doing in the US. Great. We have sellers doing 30%, which is an astronomical number based on the population that they have in Canada. It's not a, you know, it's a piece of land, a very big piece of land, but not that many people. Great. And, and for the UK, people are doing about 25% um, or more. 25% usually is, is, is the minimum people see. So when it comes to selling in these places, people really want to, but they don't know how to because of all the red tape. So they're afraid of compliance. They're afraid of the customs clearance, the brokerage, the tax registrations, things like that. Where do I begin? Right. And what we designed was a service that you come to us and we guide you with all this sort of like a consultant, right? Mm -hmm. A global expansion consultant where, where would you like to expand to? Is it the UK? Sure. Send me a link to your product. Let me take a look. Is it something that's ingestible, something that touches the body? Most probably we'll have to see, uh, you know, if you need special licensing or special uh, labeling. Is it uh, an electronic device? Is the adapter able to plug into the wall? Maybe you have to add another adapter because this is right. something, right? Um, things like that. And and we guide we guide sellers properly or even like clothing, right? the guide on how to wash your clothing has to be in different languages. So simple ways of doing it. Like you could just have your, have your manufacturer add another label with that language. doesn't need to be like, Oh yeah, we're going to start make a, make a new run right now. We'll design a new product. No, use the existing items that you have, but find somebody that could actually guide you. So this is, this is the reason why people feel comfortable. So we come in, we look at the item, we tell them exactly what needs to happen. And let's say, let's talk about Canada for a minute. Canada is so simple. We register for them in-house with something called a Canadian business number. 
And once they have a Canadian business number, we get them a, a brokerage account as well, which is for customs clearance. So we can make sure all the taxes and everything gets built to them. Because when you're shipping into Amazon, the reason why Amazon doesn't provide shipping is because they don't want to pay your taxes. Mm -hmm. They don't want to act as your importer of record. They don't want to deal with anything. You just deliver it and it's fine. And we make sure that we're setting you up with that. So when it does get actually delivered, there's no taxes. They know they're not liable for the security of the shipment, which is the importer of record. And it gets delivered. And then then the fun begins, right? Because you're able to actually see results and it's not painful. Um, I just had Scott from uh, Smart Scout. He, right. he had me on his podcast. Why? Because he had a shipment that was actually stuck in customs. He tried doing this himself. And he tried shipping into Canada and he's like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? The shipment is stuck. I don't know who to talk to. And there isn't anybody to talk to because any rep you're going to call at UPS is going to give you a different answer Mm -hmm. versus we could take a look at the shipment and say, okay, based on our experience and based on customers that have had this issue, this and this needs to happen. And we got to resolve for him. And, and guess what? If he would have shipped it with us, it would have been even cheaper. Like I said, because of our volume, we could get him way cheaper rates. So it's really a no-brainer, right? Somebody wants to expand, you come to this one place, they take care of you from A through Z, and we have our software that basically gets you to create these shipments very easily instead of going through the carrier's websites. And that's a pain in the neck, let me tell you. I tried it myself. And I, I like to consider myself a little tech savvy, but I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. Um so yeah, that, that's basically, you know, what needs to happen when somebody needs to expand. And then, you know, the same for the UK, that registration compliance, you know, I'll make it sound very easy because that's the whole reason of why we're in business is really right. make it easy and people focus on the selling. Well, you guys are taking the lift off of the, the seller, if you will, of trying to figure out walking through the process, right? You're the guy yes. and they're the ones who are taking the pictures along the way and you're just the ones cutting down the the forest, if you will, and paving the path. Yes. Uh, very bad yes. analogy. Uh, eco, no, eco friendly, but yeah, let's, it's uh, good. And, <laughs> and you know, you know, we're going through a rebrand, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm you not going to name the name that. now. I'm not going to name it, but you, I think you get the name. It. I think, I think you get the name now, you know, once you describe and you really know what we do, that's the point of it, right? Is just being able to make this thing as simple and as easy and as calming for the seller that somebody's really holding your hand. Is that so, so what, what, what's the other, maybe what's the thing that you wish you guys were better at? Is that a fair question to ask? Uh, yeah, no, it's a great what, question. What's the, thing, what's the thing where you guys feel like you're struggling, but that's the thing that can push you over the top. So what we're struggling right now is with our technology. And we, we tried offering C services about a year ago. But our technology only enabled our small parcel delivery and our trucking services. And the struggle became when this whole thing had to be such a manual process. It was like, we're not doing this anymore. Way too many following up, way too many tickets, way too much back and forth. And what we try to be really, really focused on is equally SaaS and service. And when we realized this is not happening, we, we just suspended that service. And I had a call with Amazon the next, the, was it Monday or last week, Thursday? And they're like, so when are you doing C again? And I'm like, 
we're not doing C until our technology is able to do that. And we launched a brand new software two weeks ago, and we're going to implement the C factor, but it's going to take some time. But that was a struggle for us to say that there isn't a technology for it is, is it's just, it was enough to say, we're not going to offer it. And I think that's so important for anybody. You know, if, if you don't have the right automation for it, and there's so much back and forth and labor involved, you're just going to get an annoyed customer that way. It's, it's not even worth it. So we're trying to take the industry that's so old fashioned and make it more technology advanced and we'll get there. So will this technology empower a seller to do this all themselves or yes. what kind of, okay. Yes, exactly. All themselves and really just automate the process from when they're out of stock to placing an order to then replenishing with getting the shipment out directly from our software. And, so and we're going to bring the whole ecosystem in there. So you, but you still will have that implementation of that international expansion. You're still going to have that yes. step-by-step service yes. aspect as a component. Yes. Yes. And we're going to bring in the VAT process as well. Instead of it being a manual paperwork back and forth, we're implementing a new feature, probably Q3, nice. where you're going to be able to do re register directly from the portal as well. So everything, you'll be able to pick up the phone anytime. And we encourage that. We, we have, if I could say myself, probably the best service in the shipping industry, in the logistics industry. It's very important to me being that I, I started there and I know what it feels like to be really cared for. So that's something we will never, ever you know, shy away from or discourage. But at the same time, people love doing things themselves mm -hmm. and they hate the back and forth. And could right. you give me an update? Or even if I send you an update, it's like, why can't I just look at look that up myself? You know, we're living in, in this world where everything needs to be so, so quick. I, I had someone the other day that just showed me a Coca-Cola ad, what was like 20 years ago versus what a Coca-Cola ad is like today. And I, I had such a good laugh. The Coca-Cola ad from 20 years ago, it was like, okay, I'm looking at something. And then 20 seconds later, okay, I'm looking at something else versus today's ad. It's like, boom, 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 boom. Like that's how we are today. We're just a different world. Like I see how my kids are. They're, they're quicker than me. And I think I'm like quick. I, people think I don't have, you know, I, I can't even sit straight for a second and my kids are quicker than me. We're, we're in a different world where people want to have, you know, this feeling of like, I could do things myself. And we're going to definitely get there. And our plan is in the next year to have all this implemented, but the technology is out. It's in beta and we're going to be launching in April for everybody, the public. And I'm really excited for everybody to see it. That's amazing. Well, in, in to kind of piggyback off of that, in terms of today's society, where you probably have clients are all over the world, you're located on the East coast of the United States. If it's happening when you're asleep, again, people have to sleep too. It's not like a 4 a.m. call they can pick up and talk with you. You need to have something that helps right. you enable them to make those decisions without waiting for six hours before yes. you walk in, drink your coffee, and you're like, okay, now I have to email them back and, and, and everything like that. Time is money. And as you know, in the industry, if, if it's something that they can be empowered right then and there and you know make those decisions quickly, then that's, that's an empowering feeling as an entrepreneur too. So that makes a lot yes. of sense in that capacity. Yes. Empowering. Um, I love that. That's a good word. That's good. Me. That's what I'm saying. Empowering, empowering sellers internationally. There you go. Love it. Thank put you, it, Ryan. Put it, you put, it on my notes. It. put it on my you notes. Put it on my notes. Back to you. Exactly. Love well, it. well uh, yeah, Pearl, what, what's kind of, I know we talked about software. We're looking at 2022. What other things are you guys tackling this year that are obviously the biggest pain points, the headaches, the migraines of the seller community that you guys really want to take on? 
So we want to expand out of Amazon. That's that's the biggest goal we have right now. Is that marketplace or is that DTC? Marketplaces that do DTC. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that that's our target for this year. So right now it's business to FBA. And we we this probably is the biggest request we've ever gotten, even more than C. You know, there, there's other people that do C. But this solution where people could come in, bring their orders into our software, plug it out with the best options out there for direct to consumer globally. That's something that people really, really need, especially, especially we get it from Amazon a lot. It's like, when are you going to do it? When is it happening? So we're, we're going to hopefully launch that also, I would say Q3. And that will be a huge game changer because it's not just going to be something that people can use for Amazon. We want to expand into Walmart, Shopify, eBay, and be that solution where people can log in and be able to ship to any marketplace directly to the consumer. And the beauty for that is that people could actually test that in a new market instead of registering for that and getting all incorporated to be able to ship to FBA because those are the requirements to ship FBA. They could test the market out first and see, okay, these are my top five products. Now let me ship it into FBA because there is clearly an 80% conversion from when people do merchant fulfilled to um, FBA. We, we see that clearly when it comes to global selling. So, you know, for example, like there's the NARF program. Are you familiar with the NARF program? With the North American Remote Fulfillment Program. Right, exactly. So so basically that's the Canadian program for, you know, people listening that that you, you could, Amazon will take inventory you have in the U.S. and then fulfill it to sellers or buyers rather in Canada um, instead of you doing, you don't have to do anything. Right, now, taking it from whole- Amazon warehouses in the United States and then shipping it via Prime up to Canada or into Mexico. Right, exactly. Now, now it's a, it's a great, great feature that they have or a great service they have. But the problem is, firstly, it's very expensive. It's really, really expensive. The fulfillment fees are, are really, really high. Um, but the whole reason they designed it was for people to then convert to FBA. Great. And they want you to just get excited, you know, get your feet wet. So that's that's really where, you know, the, the direct-to-consumer option that we're going to have of course, there's going to be sellers that that's just going to be good enough for them. And that's that's fantastic. Right. But for a lot of sellers, it's going to be just like this awakening where, wow, this market overseas is a killer. Like your UK, Canada, Singapore, um, the UAE is pretty, pretty hot. Now, Australia is also really hot. And people will start realizing, like, you know, there are other options. Like Australia is great for people that sell seasonal items. Right. They have their summer is when it's our winter and vice versa. Great. So there are people that they miss their season. They didn't sell out. Unfortunately, their goods got held up on the water, right? If they have an option of shipping it to Australia, it's it's unbelievably amazing for them because the styles might be out next year, right? So they, they instead of having that inventory and cash flow held up, they could try that out. So we, we hope to launch that on time and hopefully I'll be able to, you know, Make that announcement with you in uh, Q3. Who knows? That would be, you never know. Well, that well, that's amazing. I, I guess in the other realms, bro. What are what are the things that if people are curious? And this is the year that they're looking for expansion. I firmly believe and have heard it from my end that a lot of people's plans from 2019 going into 2020 were that global expansion focused, but they had to kind of reel back in a couple of different things of go omni channel, go more 
focused and inventory was last year the big focus i think a lot of 2022 looks like how do we broaden our horizons whether it be marketplace approach or internationally approach if they're looking for those kinds of solutions what's the best way to approach you or connect with you in that regard yeah so so there, there's sort of like a mad rush now for global expansion and, and maybe that's the reason why there's such a huge increase in, in the number of shipments we've seen now, January, February, compared to, let's say, last year. But what we've realized is that people realized that, let's say, their inventory limits were, were capped, right, in the U.S. But they were able to then tap into other markets that told them, okay, you know what, you could send 1,500 units to the U.K. You could send 1,500 units to Canada and spread that out. And I think the best way to people for people to expand is for people to know you don't need to come up with a new product. You don't need to add a new SKU. You don't need to invest. And it is so, so simple for, for you to just ship product to a new market because the cultures are so similar. There, there are English markets, you know, the ones that I mentioned. And then there are those markets like Japan, right? That they have this absolute obsession with like organization stuff, kitchen stuff. And they're, they're very into that. And there's so much an, untapped potential in these markets for you to, you know, simply just send inventory. Don't do anything else. Like you don't have to come up with any brilliant new idea. You know, there's like this thing, like I'm selling my business now and now let me come up with this brand new concept. That's great. But you could make your existing business even more powerful and, and get your, your value up. And for these aggregators to take a look and say, wow, they have a global presence, that will add on a lot of dollars for you. I agree. I think there's a lot of major opportunity. And like you said, it's how you do the math and how you stack it up. A lot of people don't have to have that one-to-one. -one. I had this conversation, I feel like, last week with another logistics company of when you talk about expansion and where you make the numbers work, yes, there might not be a buying power. You said United States is the number of marketplace. But when you stack on Japan or UK on top of Germany, on top of Australia, on top of these, these numbers start to quickly become very favorable into your pocketbook and opportunity to grow. So they all add on top of each other to maybe even equal, if not surpass a market like the United States in, in .com, obviously, but there, there's a lot of different people are starting to see, hey, the math works out in our favor of there's yep. a 10% lift or there's a 5% lift or a 20, you said 30% lift for even some yeah in canada like that that really just depends on the product right um, but you don't have to do one-to-one -one right away you have and, you can and that's sales price. right that's sales now let's talk yeah. about profit for a minute yeah they're way more profitable in these global markets because first less competition right and people are willing to pay way more for an american product or even if it's not an american product but something that's not readily available with with you know within that country so they're paying way, way more. And people are like shocked at their numbers. And we have sellers doing better globally than they are doing in the U.S. because they're 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 putting up with a lot of other situations where they're not able to be profitable. Right. So that 30% could, could mean more profit than what they're doing in the U.S. You just got to dip your toes and find out. Yeah, you got to do That's the testing. It. Exactly. Well, hey, uh, Pearl, if people have questions or if they want to get in touch with you, obviously – What's the best way to do that? Is that through the website? Is that connected with you individually? What's what's that way to do that? So they, yeah, they could email me PA, P for Peter, A for Apple at first choice ship, S-H-I-P.com. 
or they could just, you know, check out our website, firstchoiceshipping.com. But yeah, they should definitely feel free to reach out to me. They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. They can reach out to me on Facebook or my email, and I'll make sure that they get the right help. But yeah, let's make global expansion happen, people. It's it's real. It's real. I love to hear that this year. I think that's on our that's on our podium as well. To global expansion is the year for 2022 for a lot yes. of brands, and let's be a part of it. So uh, that being said, uh, we also had uh, Nir actually pop in and say, "Hey, great to hear from both of you." So again, thanks for everyone hey, who's Nair. watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, thanks so much, Pearl. Now, friend of I say friend in real life friend of the show now because it's taking this long to get you oh on. yes <laughs> and i'm looking forward to prosper to meet That's you right. in person and i'm gonna do a session as well i'm gonna be uh moderating a panel on global expansion so nice i would love for whoever wants to join and learn more that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Kevin Sanderson is also doing something of the global expansion. Too. Right. So, man, the, the global expansion is really Thanks. prominent here. And yes, this year. That's yes. amazing. Well, yeah, thank you so much for hopping on today. I know uh, we'll be in touch here shortly, but thanks so much for hopping on today. Uh, now, friend of the show, Pearl Ausch of First Store Shipping. Thank you, Ryan. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. I didn't even mention that. If you're watching us live, you can ask your questions, but we had so many people probably taking so many notes. No problem whatsoever. But if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast destination, go ahead and just rate the episode, rate the show. Let us know what you think. Obviously, you can get in touch with us on social media. Just follow us for future episodes when we do go live so you don't miss great guests like Pearl. Um, thank you so much for everyone who hopped in today um there are questions just so much things going on for 2022 i think again international expansion a lot of people are just talking about it both customers of ping pong but also just in the seller community what does it look like to build that brand to the next level adding incremental value to your brand how do you get expansion how do you readily get into those markets quickly efficiently without any sort of hurdles this is the podcast in episodes, quite frankly, that tell you how to do it. So those are service providers you check out. Again, Pearl, um, go to PA at firststoreship.com uh, for her email, or you can just go to First Store Shipping. Just Google it, find the website, um, but we've also linked it out in the episode note, show notes below. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time. Let me go and queue that up on another episode of Crossover Commerce. Take care.